0: This episode of Voice in Education is sponsored by Soapbox Labs, the specialist in voice tech for kids. Soapbox Labs voice technology has been built from the ground up for kids ages two to 12 years old. They have created voice enabled literacy and language learning tools for both home and classroom use while setting a new benchmark for accuracy and privacy in kids specific voice technology. Welcome to episode 81 of Voice in Education. This is Julie Daniel Davis. And today I have with me Isaac Davenport of Toys to Life. Isaac, welcome.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: So could you just tell the listeners who you are and why you created your platform?
1: Sure. So um, I have been in tech for a long time in the Boulder area. And one of the last big jobs that I did was at Sphero. They made the BB-8 droid for uh, the Star Wars franchise. Uh, And the best product idea that I had was this one while I was there. And they didn't want to do it. And I thought, I'm just going to do this, you know, partly because I can. um, But also, in the beginning, I just, I thought it would be really cool to make tactile play with toys more competitive with video games. So trying to bring some intelligence to uh, toys.
0: And so explain to our listeners a little bit about what your platform is.
1: Sure. So Toys to Life, uh, at the most basic level, allows uh, end users to put a little radio medallion on their toys. And then using the intelligence of their smart device, their laptop, uh, we can watch which toys are being moved closer together, which are being moved farther apart, and allow the kids to select which toys are talking to each other, um, kind of like we're trying to create the movie Toy Story on their bedroom floor, basically.
0: I love it. Um, so is your platform compliant with student privacy laws?
1: It is. So it's COPA compliant. It doesn't record any personal information about them. Um, and we, you know, they do have a place to put their handle or their author's nickname. And we be sure to put nickname in there because we don't want them to put anything that could identify them inside. And then it's also, it's not on the internet yet. They can import and export their characters to share them with friends and so forth, but that's not over the internet right now. So uh, just by virtue of not being an internet-based software program, uh, it does COPA doesn't really apply.
0: Sure, so what do you think makes your platform unique?
1: Um, so, I, toys, you know, I, I've talked to other people over the years that have worked in toys and toys tend to be pretty dumb. They're just pieces of plastic. And we're starting to see a little bit more with smart toys like a Sphero, um, but to take traditional toys that kids play with—figurines, dolls, action figures—and to try to bring the intelligence of their smart device to it, uh, I think this is one of the—I don't—I haven't really seen anybody try to smarten up existing toys yet. So that's unique. Um, And then the dialogue engine, which I've I've got a patent on, uh, where we use these tag dialogue lines and kids can create their own lines and voice act their own characters. That's pretty unique. I mean, kids have been doing their own puppet shows for a long time, but to bring it into the 21st century, I, I think that's pretty unique as well.
0: Yes, I was about to interrupt you, but you got to it. Uh, so the, the part where kids are actually creating with it, that excites me as an educator, because I feel like anytime you go from just uh, consuming something to creating with it, it takes that experience to the next level for children, especially. So well done. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so how do you think educators could use your platform for learning?
1: Um, So I've done a number of workshops within STEM classes in my early uh, working with these and a lot of times what we would do is we, because it might be 30 kids in a class and uh, partly because I only had 12 computers and partly because it makes it more fun, is we would divide them into teams of two or three where one would be the writer, one would be the voice actor, and one would be the programmer and the writer would have final say on what the line is going to be for requesting an object, or what the line is going to be for the simple story, and then the voice actor would, you know, have the final say on how their voice sounded, and they'd get input from the other two, and then the programmer would type stuff in, and as they got a little bit deeper into it, into the JSON editing, uh, they would uh, do the, you know, the manipulating the the program part, and that's that's worked pretty well. Um, I've also done it where they do it just individually, and the the curriculum's all baked in. There's all these videos that step them through. Now you're writing a greeting. Now you're writing a yes, no question. And so there's just some writing instruction from a, a creative writing instructor at the university, actually, from CU helped put that part together. And a lot of teachers like it, because once they get into it, the kids kind of know what they're doing and they don't need a whole lot of oversight, but they're they're writing and they're voice acting and they're doing computational thinking. Um, yeah, so I mean, it, there's a lot of things, are socio-emotional learning that's going on because you need an I'm sorry and I'm angry, you know? not only for your character, but if your friend has written a character and they're telling you a story and you get to the scary part, you need to have an emotionally appropriate response of, oh my gosh, that's so scary, and then they can go on with their story.
0: So that uh, so, reminds me of, uh, I know the there are some universities that have actually started doing minors in conversational design. You're actually introducing, and I think you told me earlier, Um, most of the, the level of students are probably like middle school type students that it fits with right now. That's a great place.
1: Yeah, I've done a lot with mid-school students. Uh, they tend to still be, especially the nerdier mid-school students that are in the STEM classes, uh, they're okay that they're still playing with their D&D miniatures and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, high school drama kids have really gotten into it and I'm starting to work with adults who do more role-playing game type interactions for fun they tend to get into it as well because it's very much character creation and spontaneous performance kind of stuff there's a lot of similarities I but, can
0: I can totally see it like layering it with other things like you could have a a place where the dolls are interacting or the whatever, the toys are interacting, and then students could be videoing that interaction for something else, you know, you take it to the next level of, of actually creating little caricature movies or things like that, action shots, I think there's a lot of opportunity there, yeah, yeah, and, and as a former person that was over STEM at our school, we did have Spiros at our school in our STEM lab. So I, you're nice. speaking my language already. Yeah, yeah. So how can really, people learn more about you and about Toys to Life?
1: Oh, so um, yeah, there's toystolife.net. That's the word toys, the number two, the word life.net. And that's got a link to our meetup. If they're interested, we've got a Tuesday night meetup where some of us get together and work on characters. And we've got uh, the writing instructor that helped to do the contents is there to help people with writing. Uh, the mailing list is also there for email, uh, and you can download the software for free uh, there uh, right now as well. And yeah, the meetup and the mailing list are probably the main ways.
0: Yeah, and so um, price point. Do you have a price point on your? Um, uh... Yep. Go so ahead. a
1: set of the of five radios to give you five characters that can talk to each other uh, is uh, fifty nine dollars.
0: Not bad, not bad in the overall scheme of things. And just for the record, when you're trying to push it to schools, research is now showing that when kids sit around a computer two or three at a time, they're actually have more learning than when they're doing it by themselves with the younger grades. So there's your entrance point.
1: Very cool. i have to look that up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Isaac, for being a part and for sharing your story. Guys, this is something that you might want to look at an easy way, if you've got a computer in your class, to create opportunities for your students to just um, do some creation with voice. We hear a lot about consumption, but this is about creation. Thank you very much.
1: Thank
0: you.